The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is Michael Thomas, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. I'm Alex Dunlap here, for us with the Trash Man, and maybe somebody else coming out of the booth and into his recording studio. I couldn't tell, man. Right as we go, right as we go live, I hear the door kind of creak open and smash shut. Oh no, it's it's my other my other dog, you know, wanting to see what's going on. Okay. Now, you got two dogs now? Yeah. No. I mean, I've already always had the one, the bigger one. Yeah, it's about it's a it's about it, it's about time for you to turn in those dogs for a, for a couple little kids, man. <laughs> yeah, well, you and you and my dad both. <laughs> Me and your dad, what? You had that sentiment. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, uh, I I would never have as many kids as as um, your dad had in 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 his family growing up. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody. What was that like? What was that like? Nine brothers he's got or something? No, he's one of twenty. <laughs> How did I forget a round number like twenty? Yeah, Un- unbe- unbelievable. You got a you got a little brother. You could be like his granddad. <laughs> it's true. Um, okay. Uh, anyway, so yeah, a, a big big show today. The only podcast that we'll have this week is I'll, I'll be getting out of town with my own two little kids for a quick trip on Wednesday and Thursday. So we won't be here with you uh, for that, but action packed show here today is we'll go over some of what's happening with legal tampering. Um, it's made some changes on the best ball cheat sheet that we still don't have up just yet, but I've been running a bunch of tests. I've been running a bunch of manual tests before we start with the simulations on this thing. I feel like the manual tests are going pretty well. I've made some sort of big changes. Um, I've identified some areas and some tiers in these early best ball drafts where positionally it feels like it makes sense to go one way or the other sort of based on drop-offs and things like that. But I'm interested to hear what Trashman says about that. We'll also There's talk one about – player in particular I'm kind of shocked where you put where you put him on this on this sheet. Well, it's, so not always, it's not always where I put him. And remember, Trashman, i got to explain this to you every year. Once it's a, <laughs> I know, it's a I know. Unlike any other, the cheat sheet's not rankings – the cheat sheet is leverage versus ADP, but I'll be interested to see where, who it is that you're talking about. So we'll we'll, we'll go over that. We'll also you can talk probably about, guess we talk about him like every week. I feel like okay. Well, we'll we'll also talk about Jameer Gibbs, um, the 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 running back prospect out of Alabama. Trashman did his formal evaluation on him earlier this week. That's up on the site for our pro members. I like with most of these um, most of these scouting reports that Trashman does. 
or that I do. We both sort of contribute and give our ideas on those. So I have some thoughts about Gibbs as well. And um, we will um, go over some of Trash Man's, just like like he said, some of his initial uh, initial thoughts on the sheet now that the skeleton's done. And it's, it's up and running pretty good, but it definitely needs some tweaks before we put it up for the masses. So Trash Man, do you want to just start out with some of this uh, fallout from um, – from the first wave of legal tampering with the caveat that you know things could happen like while we're here on the show you know so um we're recording here tuesday 1 51 p.m central time and as of right now the biggest thing that's happened today most recently is darren waller he goes from the raiders to the new york giants and the the Giants send back the 100th overall pick in the 2023 draft. So Darren Waller to the Giants uh, for a third round pick, a good uh, you know a good pick. It just to me, it's just in, it's interesting, trash man. Um, so you look at Waller; he's going to be 31 this year. This is such a great tight end class that we've talked and talked about, right? The, you know the, these 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 tight ends are so deep with how. You know, however you break them down, no matter who you, who, you, who you have at the very top, no matter what flavor of tight ends you like, there's one that is going to fit what it is that you're looking for in this class. What do you think? But then Darren Waller's Darren Waller. What do you think about the Giants sending a third round pick for him? I think they might have gotten off cheap. You th- you think they they got a good deal? I think they did. I mean, Daniel Jones. I mean, I didn't think he would live up to his pay his pay grade, you know. But I feel like adding someone like Waller in as a safety blanket for him, I think that that could be a turning point for both Jones and this Giants passing offense. He's going to have to be more than a safety blanket. He's basically going to have to be their featured weapon. You know, yeah, so I mean, it's like on, 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 on one side of on one side of the coin, you have the fact that this this depth chart for the Giants. Let me just pull it up because I, we know that, you know, who I mean, Wandale's coming back is I, know, I think they want to bring Slayton back. I mean, but Slayton's is set to be a free agent. Um, who else? Richie James Jr. is set to be a free agent. They're they going to lose they Martin signed Thomas. Isaiah Hodgins. Yeah, so Isaiah Hodgins will be back. It looks like Sterling Shepard will be back, but who knows what you – and Wandale. It's like besides that, you're talking about guys that don't like – like Colin Johnson who's coming off a, a bad lower leg injury. But guys like Khalil Pimpleton and David Sills and stuff. like they, Daniel Jones is going to have no help here. So obviously Darren Waller is a guy who gets brought in to, you know, to immediately be a, a game changer for the, the Giants on offense. And that's the good side of it. The bad side is, you know that the New York Giants last last year only had 65 total targets to their tight ends. That was dead. That was that, that was dead last in the league. Now it makes sense because their starting tight end was Daniel Bellinger. They got poked in the eye yeah. and had to leave for half the season. And his backup was Tanner Hudson, who was always good. Like you know, he's always a preseason stud for us back when he played for the Bucks. But, you know, I mean, what? so I added him up. So, yeah, 30 um, – it was 65 total targets between 
um, every tight end on the roster. But between just those two, it was only um, it was only thirty five and fifteen. So they had other like ancillary stuff. Go to guys like Chris Myrick or you know all the rest of these guys. But sixty five was worse than league. Just to compare that to like the Baltimore Ravens, they they threw the t- to tight end two hundred and four times. Chiefs, of course, two hundred one. Then a big drop off down to the Vikings, uh, one forty six. I mean, Steelers yeah, but we know those teams' offenses are predicated on throwing to the tight end. Well, I I I, I understand that, but you know, even look that kind of volume. It's you know people are going to point to that kind of volume and say this is the tight end hellscape, but the fact of the matter is, like we talked about, there was the Bellinger stuff. There was Tanner Hudson, who's never been any more 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 than a practice squad player. Darren Waller comes in and he's and he plays slot wide receiver for these guys, which is kind of kind of weird when you do have Sterling Shepard coming back, you do have Wandale coming back, who's not going to line up outside at all. You know, this is that kind of thing where we could see, you know, four wide receiver sets with two guys in the slot on either side. You know, um. Do do we move him up because of this? Who Jones or no no just Waller. Waller? I mean, certainly there's less target competition. You know what I mean? Yeah, less target competition. I had him kind of bumped up a little bit in the um, on on, mean, on the on the cheat sheet. Just and we've been getting him a lot just because eighth round value on Darren Waller, even with the Raiders, was a good value. In these early best ball tournaments, yeah, well, too, because I'm looking here, players he's you know equivalent with Cortland Sutton. I feel like they hate Cortland Sutton in Denver. Um, well, yeah, well, I mean, Cortland Sutton's get he's getting up there in age. He's acting like he wants a trade. He's talking about how he just wants to go somewhere where he will be um, appreciated and respected. I mean, it's pretty. It doesn't. It seems like there's something definitely going on there. But if you just think about it in the in the Think about it like, yeah, I mean, don't you want Darren Waller, though? And and, the, and this is best ball, remember? So we're going to have to, like, the quarterback and the tight end positions, they go a little bit faster than they go in our traditional redraft leagues. We can wait and wait and wait and wait. And you have the ability to use a waiver wire during the season, and you can find these guys. So keep that in mind. That's a yeah, big get them both Kyle Pitts. I don't know why Kyle Pitts is so high. They just brought John o. Smith in there. Yeah, they did just bring Johnny in there. Is he Johnny's not even on the sheet? Should Johnny Johnny be on the sheet? Maybe at least with guys like I mean, he should be on the sheet ahead of maybe guys like. Uh, hold on, why is Will Levis over here? And okay, he should be Johnny should be on the sheet down here with like rookies like Dalton Kincaid and stuff. I'm going to add him on. Um, is, is there any is there any thought of just stay on the subject of Darren Waller? Don't keep talking to me about Kyle Pitts or Cortland Sutton. What about Darren Waller? Well, I was talking about them in context. Um, Darren mean, Waller right now with the 87. I mean, but the thing is, I'm not taking draft. Darren Waller above Rashad White or James Cook or Isaiah Pacheco. You, but you, but trash man, you, 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 ha- you have to think about the fact that if you wait till if you have to, if you have to wait till right around then, you're not gonna you're not gonna get any of these tight ends. If you treat this like a redraft league, you're not going to get anybody. You're going to end up down here at the very bottom, and your tight ends are going to be Isaiah Likely, Trey McBride, and you know who even knows why is Garoppolo over on this side? Too? Well, where do you feel where do you feel comfortable taking him then? I mean, around the Cam Akers, Deontay Johnson. Um, where where I'm taking 
Waller? Waller. If we want to give him a boost. No. We can't give him a boost above Rashad White. Okay, then where then what can then what can we do? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. Do you think he actually needs to be moved down? Above, I said I'm not taking him ahead over Rashad White. But. Do you, well, do you think he needs to be moved down? And should Rashad White be over James Cook? Yes. He should, shouldn't he? It's just until we know what happens with Singletary. Should, should Rashad White be above Isaiah Pacheco? Considering the Probably. context of those, but but one's in such a better offense. Yeah, let's keep Rashad White right there. I like having that decision be, be, between a Rashad White and a Jahan Dotson. As long as we're looking in this same area, should Kadarius Tony be ahead of Cortland Sutton with all this shitty news about Cortland Sutton? Yeah. Okay, I can make that happen. I like that. Some other news from today, uh, besides um, besides Darren Waller. There's just so much. Does anything pop off to you, trash man? Or I mean, I can I can look through here and just see kind of some of the some of the things that I had marked. There was the Miami Dolphins guys. Looks like Jeff Wilson. Well, and uh, what is it? Well, I, it wasn't going to be in, in regards to Miami. Okay, well, let's just talk about this. Uh, the 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 Jeff Jeff Wilson gets signed. Or he's going to get signed. They've agreed to a um, two-year deal with the Dolphins. I believe didn't Raheem Mostert also do this? Do do a similar deal? Yeah, for two they, more years. I mean, so they're getting that two-headed beast of a backfield again. So my big takeaway from that is all this shit that we had said about you know the Dolphins not having a single dollar dedicated to the running back position uh, heading into free agency. That to me was signal that maybe they weren't too sure about either of these two guys they're just going to want to stick with them there's also the rumors that the, the the miami has been closely eyeing what happens with this dalvin cook situation if the minnesota vikings really are interested in dalvin cook interestingly a lot of people are saying that um or there have been you know there there have been reports that the tight end market we have or i'm sorry the running back market we haven't heard as much even though there's this big slew of running backs available right there hasn't been that much movement because apparently some people are saying that a lot of teams are waiting to see how the domino falls with Dalvin Cook. People want to see how that thing goes. Well, you have to think if they're reinvesting in Wilson and Mostert again, do you, do you really think they're going to go on for Dalvin Cook too? Man, you, do you feel like Mike. they kind of have to be out of the running there, no? No, I think you just kind of need, need – I think you need to kind of be out of your head. And Mike McDaniel's certainly out of his head. He's out of his mind. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't give a fuck, dude. He really. He really. Really doesn't. Um, he's just like Dalvin. Oh yeah, Dalvin. Yeah, Dalvin. That guy. That guy told Cody Carpentier that he that he looked cheap and he thinks he'll sign him to to to, to a wide receiver contract. <laughs> Cody, Cody's like, how are you? How are you gonna? How are you gonna handle that third wide receiver position? You know, behind uh, behind um, wow. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and he goes, he goes, I, I, I don't know. Can 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 you catch? And <laughs> Cody's like, Cody, Cody, Cody's like, yeah, man, I'm here for it. And he goes, you look cheap. I think we'll sign you. <laughs> um. Okay, so Dolphins looks like that thing's back in 
that thing's back in the, the good hands of those guys. Um, Noah Brown, your boy Noah Brown, going 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 to the Texans. Any the Texans? About, any thoughts on that? Not really. I mean, <laughs> it it seems like the Texans are just. It doesn't matter. Aiming they, for mediocrity. Welcome to the Houston Texans. Uh, Trash man, I can't wait. Have we talked about it on here about how the Titans have said that they're going to wear the old Oiler uniforms versus the Texans this year? I don't know. I think they're going to wear exciting. those. I think they're going to wear those into Houston and just, I mean, <laughs> dude, that's going to mind fuck a lot of people. I think. Yeah, a lot of people will be rooting for the Titans. They're I will gonna, be. They're going to be like they're they're going to they're going to see like the old Love You Blue Oilers stuff and like something Primal's just going to kick it inside of them to root <laughs> for them. Is there? Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I um, certainly will. The Aaron Rodgers, the Aaron Rodgers wish list. Have you seen this? Right. Yes. He provided the Jets with a wish list of free agents, and of course it includes Randall Cobb. He knows Elijah Moore is on the team, right? Yeah, and like, Garrett Wilson. And I don't he, get it. And he, knows, and he knows that he knows that they just spent money for, what, two, two tight ends in free agency last year, Conklin and Uzoma. They just, they just brought in, what's his name from Ohio State? You're, Ruckert. And he wants, but but no, Mercedes Lewis is on his on his wish list. The old he wants to kick crank start the old Mercedes, and then um, o- o- Odell Beckham. So your thoughts on the wish list for the New York Jets version of Aaron Rodgers? And is it? I mean, now I guess it's time to have the discussion about Garrett Wilson. We've talked about how much he could feasibly move up in the rankings whether or not the Aaron Rodgers signing was already sort of baked in people had already thought that was happening. It felt like it was given his ADP right at the kind of end, like the two ten ADP right now. Um, but he still, I mean, he still has some room for growth a little bit. Um, if you just consider, you know, do you like him? You basically just have to decide if you like him more than, if you like him more than Jalen Waddle, I can't. I don't think we can move him in front of Amon Ross St. Brown. I can't move him in front of Jalen Waddle. So he's as high as he can be taken as, right especially now. Especially if Green Bay does bring in someone like an Alan Lazard or Odell Beckham. Yeah, yeah. What, well, hey, well, what about then? What about because one guy that I did move up with all this news whenever he's going so crazy about this is was was Elijah was Elijah Moore. Does That's Elijah one guy that I thought maybe needed a bump, but then okay. I see all these demands that he, that Rodgers is making, and if they I, I don't Randall, think that they're, I mean, they're, what they're what they're going they're going to bring in if they if they bring in Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard and all this stuff, I'm not that worried. I think Elijah Moore needs to at least be above Cortland Sutton and Gabe Davis. I've seen enough out of Gabe Davis. I mean, that's debatable. Well, we're here to debate it. What have you yeah, seen? I, I feel like Elijah like? Moore. If they are intent on keeping him in the slot, I don't know that that works out for him as far as opportunities go. Okay. Do you like Elijah Moore in best ball better than Zay Flowers? Sight on scene, yes. Okay. Do you like him better than Khalil Herbert? No. Do you like him about the same as Khalil Herbert if you had to make a cross-positional pick? 
I like him a little bit less, maybe. Okay. So what about Tyler Algier, him or Elijah Moore? Tyler Algier. Re- really, even with all the bad, even with the bad vibes that we got at the combine from Arthur Smith about that guy. I mean, as is, he's still the lead back in Atlanta. But they said that we need to add more. Yeah, they might add more. I mean, they they have they have other guys on the roster right now. It's it. We've seen that Algier can produce. I like until somebody takes his job. I'm 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 not I'm not worried about that. Does Aaron Rodgers need to be now with his new weapons? Need to be above. Got the tier of guys like Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, Geno Smith. I'd put him right there with Geno Smith. Would you put him? Do you do you have Geno atop Goff, Russell Wilson? Yes. Okay. I think Rogers should go above Geno. That makes sense. What about Kyler? Does Kyler belong in that? Kyler's ADP is after those guys. Should it be? I mean, I'd have him above Wilson right now. Yeah. What about Goff and Gino? I mean, Goff has all those weapons. And Gino's coming off that career season. It's, I okay. mean, Murray has much more potential than all of those guys. It's just yeah, we had to saw you. down year out. We don't know if Hopkins will be back. I got you. I'm also moving Josh Downs up over Zay Jones just while I'm down here. How about this Michael Thomas news? He gets a $10 million deal, $5 million in incentives for one year. It's an incentive-laden deal. Uh, I what, a little, pull up the dynasty. Show. Like, where is, how, how old is Michael Thomas now? He's going to be 31. I think he's 30. Yeah, he thinks he's going to be 31. No, he's going to be 30. You're right. You're right. Any thoughts on Michael Thomas? Um it's hardly played since the year 2019. Last time he played, he was awesome. Yeah, he was. I mean, we have to like him. Where, where I mean, is he right now? He's like, I mean, he's below Zay Jones, Josh Downs, Donovan. He's below Tyler Jones. Boyd. Yeah. So should he be up above? Should he, Michael Thomas should probably be up here, maybe in this Elijah Moore, Jacoby Myers. Uh, I'd have him, yeah. I mean, I'd probably have him right there behind Tony. Okay. I can try that. That's going to end up with massive exposure to Michael Thomas, but I I think it'll – I don't need to have him that high, Trash Man, but I'm going to put him there just as a reminder. I think we can still get him if we put him – Right here next to Jacoby Myers. Well, what do you think about Jacoby Myers? I, I guess I won my bet with John Daigle. John Daigle was saying he was going to get he, – he put the over-under at $17 million per year for Jacoby Myers. I saw it's so a three-year, $33 million, so $11 mil per year, only $23 mil guaranteed. He's the He is the absolute um, – just the picture of a, of a, you know, slightly better than replacement level type guy. Yeah. Good, slow and steady, fine. But that's what Josh McDaniels wanted. Does that is maybe it's a maybe with Jimmy maybe with a um, 
Jimmy G, he could be better than he was with a Mac Jones and all the I rest. don't know. I think Jimmy G and Mac Jones are probably pretty commensurate. What do you okay, – well, does this hurt Darren Waller, Jimmy G, and – or, or I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, does this hurt Devontae Adams, Jimmy G, and or Jacoby, or do you just see losing Waller? Yeah, I mean, I see, I see it hurting him. Hurt hurts Devontae? A little bit. Which one? Jimmy G hurts him or yeah. Myers? Jimmy G. Myers doesn't at all? I mean, he, I mean, it might have some residual effect, but I think the main artifact of Jimmy Garoppolo coming to the Raiders is that, you know, he won't get – he won't get – I mean, I don't think he'll get the – People forget that Derek Carr and Devontae Adams were probably closer friends than Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, the, we've the, never seen Devontae Adams with someone who wasn't Aaron Rodgers or his college quarterback. So, like, yeah, and and like he was friends with Derek Carr. He lived in Las Vegas during the off season and would like work out with him and stuff. Even when he was in Green Bay, people don't yeah. realize that they're still like cl- close friends. You I mean, was, I considered Derek Carr kind of a money, a, a game manager. I considered Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo even more of a game manager than Derek Carr. But I, but it feels like after Devontae Adams, I mean, what are you gonna are you gonna put AJ Brown ahead of him or CD Lamb? Yeah, you are for sure. Devontae Adams is like if like if 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 you look at his distribution of monster games over the last three years, he blow like. I hate to say it, but he kind you know he 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 blows those guys out of the water. I know his situation's changing. I'm not sure that we can take that aggressive an approach right now. Whenever whenever it does break ADP. Well, we were talking about Michael Thomas, and I feel like we have to put Michael Thomas at a place where his name recognition kind of is going to get people. You know, people going to start picking him on his name recognition over some of these guys who he's tiered with. I get that. I mean. I th- I I think that how about how about you just have to make a decision be- between Michael Thomas taking a quarterback like Deshaun Watson or taking a tight end like Darren Waller? That sounds like it's dialed in to me. Yeah, that's all fair. those feel risky. And you're talking about it where it's like, is it really that much opportunity cost on Michael Thomas to be taking him in the middle middle eighth round, creeping on the ninth round of these drafts? I mean, you're starting to get to picks where you got to you you, you got to take some swings. Yeah. So, I mean, any worry that Michael Thomas, if he does come back and this this thesis does work out, any any worry for Chris Olave? No, I mean, I think it might open things up for Chris Olave. Yeah, where where he, where he won't be the only game in town. Yeah. All right the, the the only game in town at the running back position in this year's 2023 NFL Draft is Bijan Robinson, right at the very top, and. Whenever you examine the players that are behind him, you start to think to yourself, man, making this dynasty rookie cheat sheet is going to be a nightmare. Navigating these drafts that are non super flex are going to be tough. It's going to be tough in non, it's going to be tough even in super flex once you get past the first six, seven picks anyway. And those top four quarterbacks are off the board with what you're going to do, whether you're going to pivot to wide receiver or you're going to just take your stab with one of these running backs. It feels to me like Jameer Gibbs is probably the consensus running back two uh, in this in this class. When I watch him, I see a really good player who is shifty as hell, who 
can catch the football, has shown everything that we need to know as far as you know his his receiving skills, his dynamism in that aspect of his game. But he has been a committee back. There's nothing he's ever been besides a committee back. You know whether it was at Alabama, whether it was at Georgia Tech. He was a good prospect coming out. I believe he was a high four-star. Yeah, class of 2020, high four-star. His 40-yard dash was in the 97th percentile, 83rd percentile on the 10-yard split. But it's just the size, man. It's a 25th percentile height at um, 5'9", and a 14th percentile weight at just 199. He's not like Devon A-Chain, though, who I, you know, A-Chain, when I look at him, I see like a small man. I see like a man who's small. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's a little dude. You look at his arms, they're like 28 inches and something. You look at his hands, they're like eight. What is it? I probably could have it right here. A-Chain. Um, so Devon A-Chain from Texas A&M. So, yeah, he's, he's 5'8 and a half, 188, 29-inch arms, 8 and a half inch hands. He runs the 4'3'2", at least with Gibbs. He's got, you know. He's smaller in stature, but he's just under 200. He, he's got he's got big hands. He's got larger arms. He doesn't look like a small little man. Like no, he's got he's well built. Yeah, he yeah, that's a good way to put it. He's like he's a well built dude. He looks he he looks proportional to what you would expect uh, um, most major athletes to look like. Longer arms, bigger hands for the size of his body and stuff like that. I just worry, man. I mean, is, is our RB2 in Dynasty really going to be a 199-pounder, a sub-200-pound guy? I mean, well, the thing with weight is that you can put more on. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you don't stay 436. <laughs> you don't stay right. I mean, I don't know, man. I just – I mean, he maybe gives up a you know a couple hundredths of a second to add – what, Austin Eckler, who I like made, it, made a comparison to, I think it was, what, 205? Yeah, Austin Eckler. Yeah, I mean, he's always been hovering right around the right around the two hundred. I don't know what he was um, on the roster for the um, what he is on the roster for the Chargers. I could probably probably find it. I think he um, was two hundred five. You see, so Austin Eckler, Los Angeles Chargers. No, he's two hundred. Two hundred. Is what he's listed at. So I mean, yeah, he could be Eckler like. If you get an Eckler out of it, that's 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 great. My comps were, I said, I said he's got some James Cook in him. I saw the the the, the comp over at Player Profiler, which I really liked, was CJ Spiller. That's also one of the comps over on Mock Draftable. I think that like, if, dude, if you get a James Cook, CJ Spiller, Austin Eckler, time to play. Steve Slayton was another comp that I've I've, I've seen. If you get a kind of you get some kind of Frankenstein mix of those guys. That's a good player, you know. That that's a that's certainly somebody who, you know, you'd be willing to to take on and and add to your football team on, on day two, even if you know he's going to be a committee back. What is your breakdowns to his skills, his traits, just your evaluation of him when you do the actual scouting report? Well, what I really like about him, he's got elite contact balance because of the way he is built. You know, him him being a smaller guy, it's still kind of hard to bring him down. Kind of remind, reminded me of. You know, when Kareem Hunt was coming into the league a few years ago, kind of one of those guys that kind of careens off of contact is harder to bring down. But I mean, he's quite a bit smaller than Kareem. I thought Kareem Hunt was smaller, but he's, he's actually not. Um, so he's got really good contact balance. He gets to the top speed quickly, you know, so that four, three, six speed comes into 
play because he accelerates really quickly. He's well, explosive. 83rd percentile, 10, 10 yard split. So yeah, he's, he's good. Um, explosive, sudden in and out of his cuts. He's, you know, like you said, a top tier pass catcher who ran a comprehensive, you know, route tree in college. <laughs> he's got really good on field vision, and that kind of lends credence to, you know, his kick returning. He's a really good. I mean, so that's another asset, another reason to get him on the field. And he, he's very decisive with the holes that he hits and the decisions that he makes on the field. Yeah, yeah, and and he's not one of these guys. He's not one of these guys that dan- that dances around behind the line of scrimmage, even in the outside zone stuff. You know, on those stretch plays, whenever he plants his foot, he gets upfield like 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 Trashman says. He's not like a he's not a not a violent runner, but he's a runner that brings a lot of acceleration. You know, a lot of acceleration, smooth acceleration, really quick, really shifty. You don't see a lot of dancing with him. You know. Yeah. 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 What the um, the the economy of motion. You know, he doesn't he doesn't he he's not just that fast. He doesn't waste a lot of steps. You know, like cut on a dime kind of guy. So people talk about him coming in having an Alva Kamara type of role. I I think that talking about an Eckler kind of role. All that stuff is very exciting. My big question to you for Jameer Gibbs, trash man, is it going to be hard for you to knock him off the the, the mantle of RB2 in this in, in, in this class? Is that something that, that, that you foresee happening? Why not? I mean, knock him off the mantle of RB2. I think he can be an RB1 depending on the situation he's in. No, I mean, I, no, B. John Robinson is the RB1 in this class. Oh, okay. I'm so what I'm saying is, what, I, what I'm saying is, you've had, you've had some exposure to these guys like Roshan Johnson, to the guys, yeah. you know, the guys, the senior bowl, Eric Gray. There's Kendra Miller from TCU that people just keep forgetting about. You know, the more and more I dig into this, the more and more it seems like that was just a mild MCL sprain that he had. He's five foot 11, 215 pounds. He's a genuine problem to deal with. He's an early declare. I mean, there are some other guys, Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. Like there are some of these other guys that people talk about as possibly being the RB2. So what I'm saying is you obviously can't see the future. You, you've not done your formal evaluations on, on these players. But do you feel like even at 199 pounds, is he a player who you can envision going through this process and saying, damn it, he's, he's sub 200 pounds, but at the end of the process, he's, 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 he's going to be my, he, you know, he could possibly be my RB2. Like, he do you looks, have a problem with having your RB2 in Dynasty? He looks like he looks like what the prototypical running back in the NFL will look like in five years, in my opinion. But what about this year? And this year, I, th- I think I think that's I think it's I think so. I mean, I don't think there is a running back outside of Bijan Robinson. I don't think Bijan Robinson has some of the um, some of the skills that there's some of the you know some of the skills that Gibbs has. I feel like Gibbs is the most maybe versatile back in the draft.